welcome to my podcast, Cyberglass Ceiling. I'm going to have a light-hearted fireside chat with some people who are leaders in the industry of cybersecurity. Prominent for the fact that they are a women, people of colour, LGBTQ, or just different. The term glass ceiling refers to sometimes invisible barriers to success that many come up against in their careers. A management consultant called Marilyn Loden coined the phrase almost 40 years ago regarding women rising to senior positions and says it's still as relevant as ever today. So I've taken it a little step further, not just women, but people of colour and bias that may exist in the workplace and how they overcame this to become leaders in the industry. I promise not too much swearing, no politics or religion, just a cuppa and whatever takes your fancy. And welcome to my fourth episode of Cyberglass Ceiling. Uh, today I'm happy to have with me um, the Head of Information Security, uh, Dorian Skeet. Dorian, say hello. Hello. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? Um, Dorian is the Head of Information Security for a company called Boohoo, um, a success story of retail that now do about a billion pounds worth of business. We, yeah, we are certainly a multi-billion dollar business for consumers um all around the world now yeah. um having started at a uk base um we have 13 brands in all those include burton mm-hmm. debenhams.com dorothy perkins warehouse oasis caramelon and more and pretty little things is a a side hustle from one of the uh <coughs> kamani families i believe yeah absolutely um uh, so uh, mahmoud kamani um started it all um, and Umar Kamani um, only recently stepped down as CEO of, of PLT, um, but they are a really strong per, uh, performer in our portfolio. So um, with all of those brands, we can now reach out to a much bigger age demographic, um, which is another thing that we've always aspired to do. Um, yeah, I know that. I did go. I was at launch of Boohoo Man. Yes, I'm mean, um, saying. And um, that was in summer in London. And uh, I was sat with uh, the Kamanis and the young son. Um, and I remember who was those. Oh, blimey, here we go. The uh, Geordie Shaw guys. Oh, yeah. yeah that yeah. were there. There's a couple <laughs> of them were there. And uh, there was a couple of others. I think Jordan was there, whatever her name is these days. <laughs> and I just went, yeah, I'm out of here. I'm going that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it was. Uh, I, I remember it because uh, it was a lot of um, Grimax were going. Welcome. Thank you. Thank this you. is my episode four, and uh, we shall get into it. Awesome. So, Dorian, thank you for coming down. I know you're a busy guy. Um, uh, like I said, head of this information security in this multi, well, it's billion pound industry. Um, we met uh, at a an event. Uh, run by Nelson mm-hmm. and the Sea Vision team, yep. which is kind of cool. And I thought, yeah, I need to get Dorian down here and have a discussion to understand your journey, have that celebration of overcoming what we know is sometimes bias, overcoming what we know is sometimes the side eye, mm-hmm. um, to say, okay, great. So on that, what was your first job? So, yeah, my first job, if we're not counting a paper round, <laughs> um, my first job was working for a law firm. Um, I, uh, you know, did primary school, secondary school, uh, and the, the, the plan with, you know, myself and, and my mum was to go to uni, um, 
after um, after sixth form college. <clears throat> um, so I, I did sixth form college for a year um, at a very good school. Um, did uh, they were known as AS levels then? I can't. Uh, God knows what they are now. Um, but sort of midway through that first year, even though I was doing well, um, I just sort of thought. Um, I don't think education is for me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I just didn't want to do it anymore. Um, and certainly the idea of at least three years at, at university was was killing me, to be honest. So um, uh, yeah, uh, I decided to leave after um, obtaining four AS levels uh, and look for a, look for a job. Um, so my first job was as an admin assistant for a for a law firm, just doing general office duties. Um, I was uh, eight, 17, 18 at the time, so um, literally changing the water bottles, um, changing paper for the photocopiers, doing uh, reprographic jobs, as it was called then, wow. uh, just basically copying jobs, um, refilling stationery, you know, all pretty basic stuff. But, you know, it gave me a really good grounding of certainly what working full-time is like, uh, being in an office, Um you know, made some sort of great friends there that I still speak to now, um, you know, ranging from the support staff that I worked with um, to, um, you know, kind of trainee lawyers, partners. Um, yeah, had a had a great time. Good. And I take it that was in London? Yeah, that was in London. Oh, yeah. cool, cool. So on that, I suppose you're attracted, or how did you get attracted into the world of IT uh, and, and then cybersecurity? But I, I, I've got an understanding, I've got a feeling that, you sort of were more investigative where you were to, to get into IT? Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, I had no clue what my career path looked like at that point. I just I just wanted to get out working. Um, I always had an interest in IT, but I didn't have any qualifications in it. So, you know, back then, uh, GCSEs in, in anything, um, inf- uh, information technology was, was quite rare. Um, and, and certainly at sixth form, pretty much the same. So I had mm. nothing to back it up, but I always knew I was interested. Yeah, and you also, I, we had, I had this conversation with Claire Phelps mm. from Wadestream the other time, is that if we studied IT back when IT was, I mean, I'm I'm so old, I think we had one computer for the whole <laughs> school, right? And technology just moves like the wind. Mm-hmm. And so whatever you learned back then ain't relevant today. Yeah, yeah, I mean? absolutely. It, it all it all moves so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I knew that I would love to get into something IT related, but I didn't know how, and I certainly didn't have the education at the time to, to, to back it up. Um, you know, getting into IT didn't come until quite a bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, so I left um, the law firm after, I think, about 14, 15 months. Um, and an opportunity uh, came up for uh, an admin assistant for the Ministry of Defence. Um, so uh, I sort of... Get you. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so I uh, I jumped at the chance, um, to be honest. Uh, and again, even though that, that wasn't IT related, I sort of thought, you know, get in at the... Uh, in the ground and 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 see um you know such a huge organization um try and see where i could go from from that point onwards um which was which was great for me so started to concentrate more and more as i was there Uh, moved from an admin assistant into a more engineering type role um my initial expertise was actually in radio frequency so Mm -hmm. did lots of outside courses um on 
on RF, which was interesting because um, I'm terrible at maths uh, and there's a lot of maths involved. Um, but uh, but yeah, started to look more IT as well. So while I was at the MOD, I went back to ended up having to go back to college to do a HNC in computer studies um and a first diploma in electronics as well very good i'm going to start calling you a geek in a minute but, <laughs> oh my god rf <laughs> the stupid thing is i know what you're talking about i'm like radio waves oh my god um sorry um so that's how you started into it mm-hmm. getting your hands day at low level in the mod dude um and then cybersecurity. Yes. Um, so, you know, had a long and varied career in the MOD. I uh, was there for uh, just uh, just around about 14 years. Uh, and towards the sort of last four or five years of being there, um, had a sort of real concentration on, on cyber uh, and, and defensive cyber for, for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was at that point that I started to think, Maybe at some point in the future, I'd like another, uh, another crack at the the private sector. Um, you know, try and take away some of the knowledge that I'd gained while while being um, being in government. Um, but again, it's sort of same thing, uh, almost history repeating itself. I didn't really have anything tangible in terms of certifications or education um, that would be recognised on the outside. So I looked at um, the CISP qualification. Mm-hmm. Thought that would be, you know, it, it was kind of being talked about a lot, um, certainly in the circles in the department that I used to work uh, work for, in terms of, you know, if you want to go into the private sector and you want to be involved in cybersecurity, that's a great certification to have. So, looked into it. Um, the MOD funded it, um, which was which was great, um, and I got my CIS qualification um, around about two years before I left. Wow, yeah, very good. <laughs> and um, with that. See, I, I'm, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, you work for the MOD, it's a government organisation, you, you wanted to find some green. Or... Uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> you wanted um, to get paid. I was, I was on... Bruh, you yeah. wanted to get paid. Come on, let's yeah. not. No, I, I won't beat around the bush. That that was certainly <laughs> one of the reasons why, um, you know, government salaries are what they are. Um, over time, um, you know, kind of topped that up for me, um, which was vital, to be honest. Um, you know, at that point, I got a mortgage and my own flat, and you know, sort of costs were mounting up. So yeah, uh, no, if, hey. there, yeah if there was a way to earn more, then I, sh- I should. We're not in this industry for love. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Whether it be you know the CISP qualifications, mm-hmm. it's it's blood, sweat, and tears. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And in in your position, it's still blood, sweat, and tears because you've got this machine that is boohoo. Um, <laughs> that you know people go right that's a that's a challenge mm-hmm. or the bad actors would mm-hmm. say well that's a challenge and yeah I, I get all that so there you are you're you're now certified um and 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 doing the doing the job mm-hmm. now i'll go back a little bit and um let's say you've left the mod and now you're interviewing and stuff like that yeah and um do you remember any interviews? And you can name names; you don't have to. But did, <laughs> I'll tell you a story one day, um, where as soon as you walked through the door, you knew they were judging you, or you had the side eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for people that don't understand what the side eye is, talk to me, and I'll tell you what the side eye is. <laughs> so certainly, um, I've been. I suppose the disclaimer: I've. I think. I think that I've been quite lucky. Um, you know, thus far in my career that 
that hasn't knowingly happened to me lots and lots of times. Um, you know, there, there's always kind of that this thing in your head around um, if an interview, uh, you know, has gone badly or not as well as you, you thought it might, you know, is it because of that? You know, is it because of the colour of my skin or is it just that actually I'm not prepared or, or this interview in general is just really difficult or the job that I've gone for is way above my station? Mm -hmm. And you've just got all of this this cloud kind of in your head in terms of and you, you want it to be all of the other things other than, you know, the, the, the race element. So um, but thankfully, I, I honestly don't think that that's that's happened or no. if it if it has done um that, you know, the other person or the other people um, at the other end of the table have been either very clever or, you know, or very insidious about it mm. um, that I haven't quite haven't quite noticed, which is a whole other discussion about how dangerous that is. I'd, I'd almost rather the, you know, it be almost blindingly obvious. Um, at least then you can deal with it. Yeah. Talking of blindingly obvious. So I'm, I'm going to a little quick, a quick story. Mm -hmm. Um my background is Microsoft, Microsoft licensing, Microsoft software management, software asset management. Um, and I've, I worked for quite a large reseller out of Birmingham, mm -hmm. which was cool. All good. Uh, and then when I decided to leave there, I was looking elsewhere. So um, I would say there are, you got tier one resellers and you got tier two resellers. Yep. And this was a tier two reseller I went and uh, it was the MD and in his office uh, I sat there. And he was one of these people that when he went on holiday, he had to buy something so he could put it in his office and say, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I went there, there, there. It's like that. And um, I'm sitting there, I'm talking and chatting. And he had to get called out of the office for a second because there was something going on. And he literally just, he thought he was being funny. And he turned around and says, don't steal anything. I know what you lot are like. Jesus Christ. And I'm like, did you just say that? Wow, and I'm thinking, do I knock him out now? Do I knock him out later? <laughs> do I ignore it and smile because you know I quite like want a job and all that sort of nonsense? Yeah, yeah. And it's just those those little things, mm -hmm. and you know, people that know me know I don't have a chip at all. I'm no. just a relaxed puppy most of the time, but little things like that stick with you. And mm -hmm. this was twenty years ago, yeah, if not longer. No, probably twenty years. I'm not that bloody old. Um, and it's just like, dude. And again, he's probably a nice guy, mm -hmm. but I just remember it, and I remember it sticking in my head. Sea Vision International is a global event and advisory firm dedicated to convening leading visionaries in an exclusive environment for peer-to-peer -peer collaboration. Our programs highlight critical business challenges and deliver the best available applied sciences aimed to change the world. Your vision is our mission. Let us help you build your company's future today, not tomorrow. I wouldn't even call that a microaggression. That's that's quite out there. Um, but yeah, it's all those things that we have to deal with. Um, to be honest, I don't think in the, the private sector so far, thankfully, um, I haven't really experienced that. But 14 years... Um, in government and um, trying to go for, I suppose, internal interviews to, to, to get promoted or move job or whatever have you. Um, there, there have been a few occasions, a few interactions that I've had with people where that's that's come into question in mm -hmm. terms of, you know, my, my record in government 
was was pretty good to be honest in terms of you know what I delivered um especially com comparable to my age and experience at the time um I was constantly pushing that boundary of um you know doing work that, that you know I, I was a young pup basically um you still are Dorian <laughs> you still are <laughs> um, and uh and you know it was it, it was kind of it was kind of a double-edged sword when people used to point out how young I was and, and what I was doing at the time um, in in terms of, you know, it's nice to be, A, recognised and, you know, for people to say, oh, it's quite impressive that you're doing this, that and the other at, at your age in my sort of early to mid-twenties. But then at times, sometimes you think it could be holding you back as well. Um, but, yeah, there, there were certainly some, some people who, um, who, gave, who gave me that feeling that, um, you know, the reason why I might have been upheld for promotion or the reason why that, you know, I wasn't uh, sort of allowed to go into a, a new a new role, um, you know, was because they they didn't particularly vibe with me and not because I'm not an amenable or likeable person, but they didn't vibe with me because... Mm -hmm. yeah. So sometimes you, you've seen people less qualified than yourself, probably been there less time, yeah. get promoted ahead of you. Abs absolutely. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, ab ab <laughs> absolutely. There were definitely a few times over, over yeah, 14 years in government whereby... Um, people who I wouldn't consider, you know, above me at that point, um, you know, getting opportunities, mm -hmm. um, which, which was quite hard to take sometimes. People are consciously looking at women, people of colour, you know, LGBTQ, uh, disabled to to join the ranks. Yeah, I I think so. Um, having you know, so I, I left um, left government to become a consultant, um, and you know worked for two companies while I was a consultant, and while I wasn't a leader of particularly big teams at, at those points, um, I certainly had noticed. I suppose very small shifts in attitudes, and obviously this. This can only be my experience, right? Mm -hmm. If you'd have walked into, you know, a business next door, um, it could have been a very different experience. But from from what I'd seen, there seemed to be a, a, like a, a general shift um, that was in parallel to what you see externally as well. So, you know, you, you're hearing or reading more and more things about, you know, how um, the UK needs to be more progressive in its thinking, um, sort of thought leadership on actually why di why diversity is important, you know, not 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 just to be inclusive, which is obviously mm -hmm. a great thing, but the 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 tangible business benefits that you can get from having a diverse workforce and so on and so forth. So, um, m my first experience of being, I suppose, really like sort of wowed by that message and being inspired by someone was um joining a company called crossword Cybersecurity. i was there for for four years as a um cyber consultant um and the ceo there tom alube um a black guy who um is just an absolutely amazing person <clears throat> and it was inspiring for me to see um you know a black leader mm -hmm. who was there and who was accessible and who i could talk to um and and i i still do i still do now you know to to be a kind of mentor and just to to see someone doing that um and you know it, it just it, it gives you the belief that 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 maybe 
um, you know, you you could get to that level at some day if if you know if indeed that's what what you yeah. want. And you know what, doing things like this, um, it, it it's a, it's about celebration because you you say he's he's a leader and he's inspiring to you and as a mentor, but you also got to remember you're also you know there and getting there um, <laughs> when you're head of. There's only any you know there's only a few places higher you can go. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. sometimes you've got to take a step back and go actually. You know what? I'm going to pat myself on the back because, um, you know, this is called cyberglass ceiling, and you know the people I have on here, I recognise have broken through that ceiling, because in the industry that we're in, uh, and I've said it many times, it's normally full of middle-aged white men <laughs> um, with ponytails or pot bellies, you know, what <laughs> I mean? and weird t-shirts. Yeah. No offence, anybody, <laughs> but uh, to see a man of colour in a leadership position, head of like myself mm-hmm. you're like do you know that sometimes it's got to be celebrated it's not a case of yeah we did it against all odds but it's a case of you know sometimes there's those barriers there no absolutely yeah no. I'm, I'm uh I'm, <clears throat> I'm terrible at thinking in that way about myself um just because it makes me really uncomfortable but um well but, like if i can be that then you know yeah. I'm, I'm i am proud of that well i i said to a, a few people um that today i was interviewing the head of information security for Boohoo. And they went, wow, because everybody knows the brand. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, good or for bad. I remember, again, going back to the launch of Boohoo Man, you know, I said, you ain't got no stuff for hench, because we're all a hench <laughs> type thing. I was like, oh. And, and sort of pointing out, well, it's for 16 to whatever year old. So I went, yeah, shit, I'm a bit old. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> so I'll just stick with um, Ralph Lauren. Thank you very bloody much. Um, so... As you're in cybersecurity, mm. let's quickly touch on the challenges that keeps you awake at night. Yeah. Um, as the world recovers, um, and as we know, bad actors and the, the threat landscapers just paid in the backside because daily threats, new threats come all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, what type of things keep you awake at night? Yeah. So in my current role, there's probably two main things. Um, the first one. Uh, you know, I kind of hate saying it because, you know, to be honest, everyone says it, but it, it, everyone says it because it's kind of true. But ransomware, of course. you know, has to just be top of the list. It, it's the thing that can absolutely decimate a company to the point where it's on its knees or it just kind of falls over completely. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it's the thing that makes the news. You know, it's the thing that you always hear about. Um, you never really hear about some other type of malware that's, you know, maybe badly affected a company or you, you know, you, you never really hear about um, the fraud that goes on business email compromise where someone's paid uh, an amount of money for the, you know, the wrong invoice, Mm -hmm. you know, no, no one, that's not newsworthy. No one ever talks about that, even though it happens literally every single day and it's still decimating depending on the scale, but ransomware is just obvious. So um, that's, that's definitely what keeps me awake at night. And it, it doesn't have to be ransomware that happens at Boohoo. It could be ransomware that happens to one of our third-party suppliers exactly. who are in our supply chain and extremely important to the way we work. Um, so, you know, you're, you're, you're third-party worried. It doesn't even have to happen to Boohoo. It could just happen to someone who we rely on, and that would also be, you know, just as crippling. No, I, I get it because, you know, I, I work mainly in banking. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, the banks are so heavily regulated. Yeah, their third party suppliers 
have to be audited, mm -hmm. have to come up to a standard, um, whether it's developing applications or networks, hardware, don't care. <laughs> um, you, you've got to have so so much accountability. Yeah. Um, so when you go to your board and they say, okay, you brought on this new, you've got to be that responsible. And, mm -hmm. and I get that. Uh, and, and ransomware, we, we speak about it a lot um, when we do our uh, do the events and, uh, you know, whether you're on, on top of on the sofas and having a fireside chat, mm -hmm. you know, that's is sort of the main thing. And there's bad actors out there that, you know, probably would see Boohoo as a target. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's like, oh, let's bring it down as Boohoo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's like, Psh. So I get that. Anyway, we're not here to talk blooming cybersecurity too much. <laughs> um, we're here to talk about you and, and sort of just acknowledge the fact that you've come from where you've come from to where you are now. Um, you know, now you've got the green. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you, you know, on your CV, it, you know, it doesn't look too bad, does it? No, no, it certainly doesn't. Um, Good. So... As a tech, as a geek, as a cybersecurity leader, mm -hmm. what's the practical advice that you would give your friends and family um, looking at the threat landscape? So we're not talking mass industry now, just mm -hmm. the general at home, what would you normally tell your, your, your partner and, and your friends and so on and so forth? Yeah, no, so um, my partner will, will probably laugh at this when she hears it um, because I'm always sort of banging on about it. but. Just general cyber and digital hygiene, um, you know, it is just uber important. Um, the, just the the things that may be annoying to you in your your kind of daily life, or or you know that that just add a little bit of complexity into what you're doing in your personal life. So again, you know, stepping away from business, but you know, um, sort of social media, um, banking or online banking, um, and just general interactions with, with, you know, public facing websites in general, you just, you just have to be doing those, those, those kind of basic, um, cyber hygiene, what I would call cyber hygiene things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, try not to repeat your passwords across lots of websites. It's one of the, the, the main ways that, um, a malicious actor can, um, compromise uh, your accounts and commit fraud against you and so on and so forth um, so changing your passwords where necessary um, having um, and to help you do that maybe look at a password manager um, so that you don't have to remember all of the time um, again please don't write them down oh, another huge bugbear of mine um, watching what you're posting on social media just you know and we're, we're all guilty of it myself included in terms of maybe oversharing a little bit too mm -hmm. much um you know especially when we might be on holiday or whatever have you but it's just something to yeah the the boast posts yeah yeah as, as i call them because mm -hmm. oh look we're here we're there and and you're right i mean again speaking with uh, i think it was claire um in the last episode um you know facebook five six seven eight years ago mm -hmm. was great Put everything on there, birthdays, yeah. anniversaries, mm -hmm. when you're going on holiday, countdown to when you're going on holiday. And you think to yourself, mm, hang on a minute. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in the industry that we're in, yeah. it's like, you don't really want to be doing that. And then, of course, what's your favourite albums or you know music or what's your pets called? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not picking on Facebook per se, but this is a platform where we give them all the content. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. 
we literally, there's our photos, there's our birthdays, there's all that. And you're thinking, what the hell do you think you're doing? Mm-hmm. And then they'll they'll take that data and they'll, they'll throw it back at you. Oh, look, it's your birthday in you know, a week's time. Absolutely. And you're thinking, wow. So I've not stopped using it completely, but the only, like I said, the only thing I put on there is my own jargon and probably shouldn't say this out loud, but it's just having to go at the useless government we got. <laughs> um, and literally, that's it. I'm so left-leaning, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Don't care who hears it, okay? <laughs> Do not care. Shite. What advice would you give your 20-something self um, wanting to get into cybersecurity, climbing that corporate ladder, and and you know looking to become what Dorian is today. If you could go back 10, 15 years, what would you tell yourself? So this is something that actually comes up quite a lot for me in terms of um, you know speaking to people at events um, on on LinkedIn, just in passing in terms of people asking the question about wanting to get into cybersecurity or just wanting to enter the job market for the first time. So speaking to youngsters, um, it, it seems to be coming up more and more for me. Um, and yeah, advice, advice for me back then. Uh, and, and for those people who, who I've, I've spoken to, uh, about exactly that. I think, um, the first thing would be, be okay with, uh, certainly at the you know the the beginning of your career be okay with not having a distinct plan that's laid out you know years and years in front of you um be okay with being you know 20 to 23 years old and not really knowing what you want to do yet i i just think that's quite standard there's very few people out there who at that age have it cracked and know exactly what they want to do and you know kind of go off and do it and that's great if you can but if you can't I, I don't think that's a huge yeah, problem. Dorian, I, I didn't know which way it was up until I was about 26, <laughs> to be fair. I was, yeah. in, I was like 90s. It was crazy. Mm. Um, but good. Understood. So, a couple of questions left. Mm-hmm. What do you do for fun? Mm-hmm. And where do you see yourself in five years? So, fun um, for me is revolved around... And again, my missus would kill me if I didn't mention it. Obviously, fun with her all of the time. Priority number one. Um, outside, Dude. outside of that, I know, I know. <laughs> shameless, shameless. Um, but outside that, uh, sport. So um, football being the main one. Um, big Arsenal fan. So um, yeah, don't choke. <laughs> um, and yeah, you know, I actually grew up uh, in Islington, so um, at least I support my local team. So, um, yeah, football's a big thing for me. Um, Formula One as well. So uh, second place, really, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah well, exactly. Just, just start on you, just not winning stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, Formula One. How many days were you on top of? Anyway, Man City. They're a machine. Not even going to go into it. <laughs> um, no, no, Formula One. Yeah, is good. Um, yeah, big fan. Um, been to, been lucky enough to see a few races live, um, sort of in my lifetime. So that's that's a that's a big thing for me. And is, are you a Hamilton fan? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, fantastic, big, big time. Um, love the guy. Uh, love what he stands for, and and you know what he's done for uh, people of color in the sport. Um, uh, again, Formula One, which has tended to be very white, I suppose, um, and that hasn't stopped my love for it. Uh, at all but you know it's just good to good to see someone and something different uh, being extremely successful so again 
someone who who inspires me as well. Um, uh, and, and you know, I like I like to, to to sort of watch other sports, but other than that, just going out with friends, seeing family, um, getting of that age now where you know some of my friends have kids. Um, even though I don't think that's for me, well, it isn't for me yet. But um, it's it's lovely, mate. <laughs> I'm telling you now, um, children are wonderful things. Children are the best thing in the world. <laughs> if you've got money, keep it because they will drain your wallet like there's no tomorrow. I have four of them and three grandkids, and I, I love them dearly. I really do. Um, my son lives with me. Just. His last day of school today. He's just done his GCSEs. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, in his words, I'm going to a mate's dad this afternoon getting drunk. So, I'm like, but dude, <laughs> he's also an athlete and plays football. So, I'm like, dude, whatever. Amazing. Because um, what were we doing at 16? Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah I mean? pr- pr- pretty, pretty much the same and, stuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So, Formula One, football, family. See, it's all the Fs. Yeah, yeah, indeed. <laughs> it's all the Fs. I never thought of it like that, but yeah, um, absolutely. No, that, that's a, it's a top thing. And um, yeah, I've, I've, I looked at my phone for a sec because I was given some tickets to the opening um, party, whatever that is, Formula One thing. Um, British Grand Prix launch party. Nice. On, on Thursday, whenever it is. Um, and I live in Northamptonshire. Mm. And so Silverstone is literally over the road. Yeah, Stones for and, Yeah, and I, I I tend to go and watch classic cars, um, and and uh, tour car in, mm. and but part of me is still like, and I've seen F one, I think once up there, and part of me is like, I could watch it better on TV because <laughs> <laughs> you stand there and for thirty seconds you're like, zoom, 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 zoom. <laughs> and, and then, then you're like, okay, yeah, and you're waiting, and you're waiting until the next lap. I was, like, was that it? Yeah. And so yeah. you know, I'm I'm in the VIP somewhere trying to watch it on TV and <laughs> eat and drink. But okay, five years from now, mm-hmm. where do you see yourself? Oof. Um, so career-wise, um, I would be hugely disappointed if I wasn't a chief information security officer by that point. Um, it's long been an an ambition of mine. Um. You know, would would love that to be at Boohoo, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, five years. Uh, I'd like to be a CISO. Um, and, well, you've got your CISM. Uh, yes. Um, yeah. Uh, certified Information Security Manager. Um, you know, I'm hoping that will help. Yeah. And, um, and you also got your CISP. I, I do indeed. And yeah. um, so yeah, lots of letters after my name. Um, I think weirdly, I might be chasing those because I didn't go to uni. So. Um, yeah, or maybe that's what a, a psychologist might say. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I definitely would like to be a CISO in the next five years and, and be in charge of a security program for a company that I can get behind, that I understand, um, and that does something that I'm interested in. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't work for just, I, I think, a random company who uh, just did something that I wasn't particularly interested in. Um, but that's, that's a bit, a big driver for me. Okay. Now, um, I messaged during the week, texted and I, I says, ah, okay. I'll come up with this. I was using it a lot. <laughs> Dorian Skeet, what do you think your USP is? Yeah. Um, I've deliberated this over this since you text me. Cause I was just like, Oh, that's a, that's a horrible question. It's a good question. <laughs> You've got to sell yourself. See, this is why I'm a sales guy. 
and and you're the tech tech geek you see sometimes you've got to sell yourself yeah so your unique selling well usp this i mean this is why when i was a consultant i was terrible at business development and sales <laughs> because I, I just just my head just really doesn't go that way but after much thought and i was trying to think of something that other people either haven't said or, or just wouldn't say um which again is, is is difficult in itself. But for me, I think my drive is is something that is definitely unique to me. Um, I hate failure or the feeling of failure. I hate uh, of coming away from something and feeling that I haven't done my best. And if that doesn't mean that I get something that I achieve something, like I'm 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 good with that. I can I can deal with it. But if there is anything less, if there's a percent on the table um that i haven't extracted out of myself then i'm i'm furious with myself and i hate that feeling so my drive and and sort of determination to you know achieve what i want to achieve is is probably what I, my so usp you, I, i'm going to take from that that you are a driven individual and that's your unique selling point absolutely um to be the best that you can be yeah every day dorian skeet Head of Information Security for Boohoo. Thank you for coming in. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. No worries. Cheers. <laughs> this episode was brought to you by Salt Cybersecurity, part of Salt Group, who specialise in providing trust across digital channels by helping major financial institutions verify the identity of their users and authenticating high-value transactions in the UK and globally.